0: Next on Making Sense of the Madness, California banning gasoline cars. MTG has been swatted. And a lot more breaking news we're going to dig into later. But we're going to be interviewing Sheriff Mark Lamb about the crisis at the border and at the polls in Arizona. Dr. Tao Braun will be discussing research related to COVID-19 being a bioweapon. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda. But first, a message from John Michael Chambers.
1: Elevated status, red alert imminent. The next three months, immense darkness and a near-death experience will engulf America and the world. Be informed, be prepared. Hello, this is John Michael Chambers with American Media Periscope. We are at war and the storm, as we now know, is upon us. AMP will begin live broadcasting, including live AMP alerts as Intel comes in. Joining us in studio are guests from the military, the legal community, new media influencers, and people from the intelligence community to cover this historic moment in time to help you to make sense of the madness. We caught the swamp, and this is the tipping point. We are under a wartime command structure, and we don't know what we don't know, but everything will be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Hold the line, patriots. Stay the course and trust the plan. Remember, Where we go one, we go all. Follow us at ampnews.us. Share our critically important broadcast. Stay safe and focused. Victory is ours. God bless.
2: You ready? Yeah, when you're ready. Okay. It's one
3: year since the January 6th attack on the US Capitol when supporters of Donald Trump stormed this building, trying to prevent the election victory of Joe Biden from being certified. On the anniversary. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh God, Sam. Oh.
0: You love to see instant karma when it happens. Well, California is expected to ban gasoline car sales. That's right. You won't be able to even buy a new car that runs on gasoline. Only climate change friendly vehicles will be permitted under the new rule. That is what they're trying to do worldwide. And they always start in California. Well, authorities say they're investigating a 911 call that claimed a shooting was taking place at Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's home early Wednesday morning. That was at 1 a.m. The Rome Police Department in northwest Georgia said the statement that officers responded to a 911 call at 1.03 a.m. claiming an individual was shot multiple times at Green's house. But she assured the officers there was no issue and the call was just a false flag commonly known as swatting, the statement read. And officials said they received a second call from the suspect who was using a computer-generated voice saying they were upset about Green's view on transgender rights. Yes, that is a tactic that the left uses to make all these false accusations to try to get Marjorie Taylor Greene and people who are standing up for, uh, for family values to get them in a dangerous situation with armed policemen at her door. Well, a school has been caught transitioning a father's daughter behind his back. Take a look.
2: In January of uh, 2022, I went to uh, my daughter's elementary school to deal with a very sensitive incident. My daughter attempted suicide by hanging in one of the school bathrooms. My wife and I were told uh, by the school counselor that it happened because of an ongoing issue with her gender identity. We were in shock because our daughter never showed any signs of questioning her biological sex. Uh, We were told that they knew about the gender issue due to meetings they were having with our daughter behind our backs.
0: Wow, just 10 years ago, 20 years ago, would you have heard about kids trying to hang themselves because of their gender identity? And now it's happening without even telling the parents about what's going on. Well, Russia is kicking off military tribunals for those committing war crimes in Maripol, Ukraine. But Biden's State Department is saying that these tribunals are illegitimate. It's going to be very interesting to see what evidence is presented in these tribunals and if it implicates any American or NATO operatives. Well, the L.A. Homeless Authority doesn't want anyone to say the word homeless. They're instead supposed to be called people who live outside in the latest absurd attempt at political correctness. Well, the former prime minister of Pakistan is saying that there, should, there could be mass unrest if he continues to be targeted. Let's watch. I mean, the people know what is going on. The level of political awareness is so much because of social media, because of the mobile phone. Everyone knows what's going on. So the response was immediate. The moment my arrest warrants came out, the response just was immediate in the streets. So, you know, if they go the same direction, I can't say what will happen, but I feel that uh, there will be immense, huge, unprecedented street protests. Just another example, countries around the world at tipping points with their electorate, and it's not just political unrest. Energy executives in the UK have warned the government there that the country faces the prospect of mass civil unrest as a result of people being unable to afford their heating and electricity bills. That's coming this winter, even more energy spikes expected, and the government is asked to approve radical COVID-style bailouts for small businesses which face total ruination as a result of these soaring energy costs. Well, under Joe Biden's new uh, student loan forgiveness announcement, the Department of Education will provide up to $20,000 in debt cancellation. But there's no word on any relief from the honest, hardworking people who have already paid off their loans. So I guess all those people with the gender studies uh, degrees can thank Joe Biden for this $20,000 bailout. Well, we knew this moment would come. It's finally started. Democrats are now attempting to blame the dangerous vaccines on Trump. And you can expect a massive blame game to accelerate here. It's truly imminent as the true cost of the genocidal jab becomes known to the general public. Well, that is it for the breaking news headlines. Next up, Sheriff Mark Lamb will join us to discuss the crisis at the border and the polls as soon as we get back.
2: government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability, all of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott.
3: Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware
2: Call 720-605-3900 or visit PhD.com.
0: Well, Sheriff Mark Lamb was elected as the 24th sheriff of Pinell County on January 1st, 2017, and he oversees a county the size of Connecticut and manages more than 650 employees within the department. Sheriff Lamb... It's really good to have you here. It was reported that there was some funny business in your county during Kerry Lake's recent primary election. Anything you can tell us about that?
3: Yeah, I don't know if it was more funny business than, than really just incompetence and failing to do what we were supposed to do on the election process. Um, you know, we had a director that just dropped the ball. First of all, three weeks prior to the election, it came to the uh, attention of everybody that the ballots that had been sent out did not include some of the local municipality, uh, candidates on those ballots. And then some people got ballots in places they didn't even live in those cities. So we had to address that concern first, Um, should have been a, you know, it was a warning sign. And then on election day, people were showing up to the ballots and by seven 30 in the morning, some of the precincts had already run out of Republican ballots. So it was a major snafu. Um, that guy has since been terminated and we have, they've made changes here in the county um you know sometimes things are uh, as bad as they can be they're blessings in disguise and it's given us really an opportunity to make sure that we can uh get everything right and get ga- regain the trust of the voters here in our county and i think it's something we need to do across this country
0: right the primary is almost a dry run because you can kind of correct things that go wrong so in the general election it re- doesn't really go wrong uh, so hopefully you know are there any steps that, that your department needs to take uh, for the general election to be on the scene for these types of things?
3: Yeah, we are working. Uh, you know, I'm not not only am I working here in the county, but we're working nationwide to try to help sheriffs and people feel more comfortable about the elections. Um, we're trying to get PSAs, public servant service announcements, out there to say, look, you can't stuff a bunch of ballots in a box, and you can't do it every day. Um, you can't vote for people who've passed on. You can't vote where you don't live. These are all things that we see are common. And uh, we've offered our services to the sheriff's office to the county to help clean up the voter rolls if that's what they choose to do. Um, we are also gonna be monitoring the videos of the drop boxes to make sure that people are not dropping more ballots than what they should be dropping in, which is, uh, and, and there's a very narrow allowance for more than one ballot. So these are the things that we're working on right now, but I'm on the phone uh, you know, every week or multiple times a week with our county attorney and our elections folks to make sure that we do uh, regain the trust of our people.
0: Right. Well, I heard that you've been working with Greg Phillips. Can you tell me anything about those efforts?
3: Yeah. Once I saw the work that Greg and uh, Catherine Engelbrecht were doing uh, with True the Vote, they do some amazing work. If you haven't had a chance, go over and check them out. Um, I, I immediately picked up the phone and called and said, hey, look, what can I do as a sheriff? How can I help? And so we've been working together for several months now. we put a program, uh, put a Uh, group together called ProtectAmerica.Vote, and that's going back to doing the PSAs and really making sure that sheriffs are enforcing the law and helping them with the knowledge they need and the resources they may need to be able to enforce the law. Look, in the end, it comes down to being a rule of law issue. It's not a party issue. It shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat. This is about enforcing the rule of law, and there are laws on the books that pertain to uh, vote actions, and we need to make sure that people are following those laws. And if you break it, uh, we're encouraging sheriffs to hold those people accountable.
0: What kind of authority does a sheriff have that a lot of people know about, or maybe some sheriffs don't even know about? And then can you tell us about the citizen posse?
3: Well, it's very hard to throw a blanket on sheriff's authorities because it does vary state to state. But on, the, on the, for the most part, most states the sheriff is going to be your highest elected official in the county. Um, he is certainly the highest uh, law enforcement official in the county elected by the people. And there's power in that because what that says is I don't work for the governor. I don't work for the president. I don't work for Senator Congress. I work directly for the people. And so my job is to protect them from the bad guys and really to protect them from overreach of the government as well. And um, and I'm, we're trying to encourage more and more sheriffs to kind of take that I, that ideology that this is about protecting the people and the people's rights and so that's something we're working on and uh you know as far as what we're doing here in our sheriff's office we're exercising our authority as sheriffs and we're trying to protect our people make our people feel safe uh here in this county in a chaotic world
0: and uh, a lot of people don't know about the citizens posse can you can you explain that Ah,
3: that's right I, i knew there was a second part to that question Yeah, so one of the things in Arizona's constitution, it says that it is my job to suppress any affrays, insurrections, riots, or any other crimes that might to my knowledge. It also says that I can command as many inhabitants of the county as I deem necessary to accomplish that. It also has a provision for a posse. And so not only do I have a patrol posse of guys who have gone through about 350 hours of training, they go out in full uniform guns, they have take home cars, and these are citizens that help as a as a force multiplier. But one of the other things I did was, even though I have 200, uh, 600 employees, 240 deputies, um, you know, I have 500,000 people in this county. And so what we've tried to do is really educate people as to what our resources and limitations may be, and that we may need the assistance of citizens. So we put our citizens' posse together, which are citizens from the county who want to be part of the sheriff's office should any uh, major catastrophe or emergency come up, maybe a flood, a fire, or uh, an insurrection, a riot, something that we need help from the public to control. Um, we would do that with our citizens posse. We've had a lot of success. People love it. And uh, COVID didn't help, but we're going to get it ramped up again and get people back in here feeling part of the sheriff's office.
0: Well, it's certainly good to have people there in case something happens. And I know the border, uh, you know, has its issues. So can you tell us about the drug smuggling trends, the different things happening there at the border?
4: Yeah,
3: the border is jacked up. You know, this is not about immigration. This is about human trafficking and drug trafficking into America. Uh, this, the cartels are, are forcing people into slavery every day, whether it's uh, the women in the sex slaves... Uh, children being put into sex trafficking rings, men that are being extorted, uh, forced to carry drugs into this country. And a lot of the women are being raped when they come across the border. Uh, And so this is what really what this issue is when you talk about the border crisis. So it shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or Independent. If you care about human beings, you should absolutely care about what's going on on the border. And uh, we can go out there every day. My guys have been out there you know, hitting it hard the last few days. And, I mean, it's like shooting fish in a barrel when you're talking about finding human human traffic, human smuggling loads on the I-10 freeway, the I-8 freeway, and the other interstates through my county. Um, The I-10 freeway is one of the main arteries for the cartels for trafficking humans and drugs into this country. And make no mistake, the cartels are making as much, probably more money off the human beings than they are off the drugs. And another thing about the humans is once you get them into those, those sex rings those, and you start trafficking humans, they pay over and over and over and over. Unlike drugs, it's a one-time deal.
0: Gosh, it's so disturbing to, to realize that that's the business model. We are going to take a quick break, and I want to find out from you the unintended consequences of COVID in your county as soon as we get back.
4: Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time, and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate-lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024.
3: Sheriff Lamb out here in Arizona. So, I wanted to give you an update of what we're dealing with out here. Over the last two months, we have had 40 pursuits and bailouts here in our county. Now, what that is, and we've also assisted with another 80 with other agencies. Now, what a bailout is, we'll pursue them and then they'll stop and everybody flees out of the vehicle. They run off into the desert, like you see behind here. And uh, oftentimes, they'll leave somebody back in the car. Uh, Just last week, we actually had uh, a group of people. They stopped, bailed out 12 people. They left a 16-year-old girl from Guatemala behind, and uh, obviously we uh, had to take care of her. So this is an ongoing issue. It's actually getting worse. We're having a pursuit to two pursuits a day right now. It is something that we certainly need the help of our federal government on, and uh, we need the help of the American people. Uh, just wanted to keep you updated. God bless.
0: Wow, this is some dangerous stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more details about the cartels? What kind of equipment they have, their tactics, uh, the level of danger interacting with them? And then ultimately we'd like to find out what do you think are some of the solutions to solving this crisis?
3: Well, the cartels are billion dollar companies. They have the ability to hire the brightest minds and they have the ability to, to really invest in the best technology, firearms, all those types of things. Um, but they're also rudimental in some ways because that's, that's how they can circumvent the system. And so the cartels are bringing people across the borders. They're using children to get men and women across the borders. They're trafficking drugs, unprecedented amounts of drugs, especially dangerous drugs like fentanyl. Um, they, they traffic men in, through the deserts. So that's what we deal with. We deal with men and women in camouflage clothes and carpet shoes they don't want to be caught. They're not here to just, a, well, they're not what we call layups where they just show up and, and, and turn themselves in for asylum. These are the people that likely have criminal histories in America already, and they're trying to get back into America. And that's what we deal with in, in what we call the Tucson sector of border patrol. As you can heard me just talk about, we've had a, a, t- a ton of pursuits in our counties. Um, some of those have, have, been, have had tragic endings. Um, we have people we pull over every day that are humans being trafficked, stuffed in cars, and it's hot here right now. You had that whole incident in San Antonio where they had fifty-three people uh, that died in the back of a semi truck. I mean, the, all of these things should be alarms for American people, and it should it should spur the government into doing what they're supposed to do. But it just doesn't seem to do it. Um, what we, as far as what we can do for it, let's go back to President Trump's policies. Clearly, they worked. Um, they were great policies. They were, you know, you, you know you're never going to eliminate human trafficking. We're always going to have a reason to try to stop people. Border Patrol exists for a reason. Um, but under President Trump, we saw it, it was a complete difference, a, a complete 180 as to what we're experiencing now. So I would say just the easiest thing was you don't have to reinvent the wheel, go back policies, and then let's start working on some of the other things. Let's get Congress and Senate instead of complaining about it. Why don't they actually change the law if they don't like it as it relates to creating a common sense path for immigration for the people that do want to come to this country? But just allowing them to come into this country unfettered uh, is, is dangerous. There, t- terrorists are coming in, people that want to do America harm. And then back to the, the drugs they're bringing in, the fentanyl. It's become the leading cause of death in America uh, amongst Americans between the ages of 18 and 45 years old over a hundred thousand people in one year yet it hasn't even you haven't even heard your president speak about it one time or the mainstream media most of the mainstream media doesn't talk about it either so uh, that's concerning for me and it should be concerning for every american because it's affecting all of us
0: well in the mainstream media you often hear about migrants being poor people who are just looking for a better life but what you described is that there's another group of people who are already wanted criminals in the United States, and yet they're returning here with a criminal record uh, to go do more crime. So what kind of things, like what makes them brazen enough to enter a country where they're already wanted? And what are they going to do once they get here again?
3: Well, what makes them brazen, especially now, is our government who continues to, to provide more and more services for people who don't belong in this country. And they've completely ignored the Americans in this country. Um, If they have failed to put America first. So a lot of it is just the the soft landing they've created for people here. That's why people uh, are willing to come back here even after they've been sent back. And so we've gotta do a better job of securing our borders. And look, a lot of good people do try to come across. I was talking to a Congresswoman out of and some people may have heard me tell the story out of washington and kudos to her for getting on the phone with me but during that that conversation she said well sheriff what about all the good people that are trying to come across and i explained it to her this way i said let's say i wanted to put 10 people in your home five of them were good and five of them were bad would you allow me to do that and she was quiet and i said you're quiet because you know that that's you wouldn't want that and nor should you i would tell you you're crazy I said, let me take it a step further. Let's say I was going to, there was 10 people. One of them was bad. And that person was a sex offender, a child molester. Would you want me to put those people in your house? Nine of them good, one bad. And she was quiet again. I said, you're quiet because you know that that is not what you would do. And I said, why should we allow bad people to come into this country? I said, as a sheriff, my job is to stop those bad people. If I have to stop nine people, nine good people to stop one bad person, that's what I'll do because I owe it to the American people to protect them from the monsters and from the people that would do us harm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense and that's a good analogy to explain it to people who, who just don't get it because they have been brainwashed with this narrative that uh, we should just have an open border for that reason. Uh, you know, my wife uh, is a green card applicant. Uh, she applied a year ago. We haven't heard anything from the US government. We had to pay $3,000 to apply. Uh, I have a son who's a US citizen. We're all actually in Brazil just waiting for the opportunity to go to the U.S. legally, waiting a long time, paying a lot of money. And my wife's not even allowed to visit because she's unvaccinated. So that's what it's like for law abiding people who want to migrate legally. Uh, I want to just close with you by asking you about the unintended consequences of the covid lockdowns, because you've had more suicides in your county. You've had more domestic violence calls. Why do you think that's happening?
3: Well, because you locked everybody down. I mean, I thought all along I've stood against the lockdowns. I've stood against the mask mandates. I've stood against the vaccine mandates. It's very un-American to force people to do these things. I thought it was a gross overreach of the federal government. And in many places, it was a gross overreach of local government, town cities and mayors and councils and, and many county boards across this country. Fortunately, I'm in a good county but we weren't immune from it. I mean, look, it had its effects in my community as far as suicides, domestics. We saw, uh, you know, we saw people losing their jobs. We saw people being forced out of jobs because they didn't want to get the vaccine. And that just simply isn't the American way. You know, the American way is to allow people to live freely um, and and enjoy that pursuit of happiness that both the Declaration of Independence outlined and then the Constitution protected. And so I, I took major exceptions to all that. I think it's had a, a really bad effect on this country. I think we did better than most because we stood against a lot of those crazy ideas and uh, we allowed people to live their lives. And I think our citizens appreciated that.
0: Well, I think it's, it actually has a big impact, just you being willing to speak out. And it affects other sheriffs around the country to be able to feel comfortable to do their duty, uh, despite all of the cancel culture. So thank you for putting your neck out there, sir. And uh, thank you for coming on the show today as Dr. that's Sheriff Mark Lamb. Thank you so much. Well, up next, we're going to talk to Dr. Tao Braun. He's tried to warn the FBI that COVID could be a bioweapon, and he has the receipts to prove it. That's as soon as we get back.
3: We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to
0: tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent
3: people from being misled. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference on all your devices.
1: We'd love to have you on board.
0: Dr. Tao Braun is a clinical psychologist and U.S. national counterterrorism and emergency management subject matter expert. Dr. Braun, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about the letter you wrote to the FBI regarding COVID?
2: and yeah, my pleasure thank you for having me on here today um yeah that letter uh, was, was sent in uh, june of 2021 um and uh, the letter was um you know in part uh, an important step for me to document this in something that became a um a document that later on historically people could pull pull up uh, it was part of my efforts uh to get heard um i at that point become uh, really certain that the spike protein uh, was the issue causing the uh, pathology. Um, it confused people why somebody with a background where I have a doctorate in organizational leadership, I'm a clinical, psycho- formerly trained clinical psychologist, and about the last decade I'm involved in counterterrorism and the training uh, of law enforcement, public health, and emergency management in the prevention and response to mass killings, so mass casualties. Uh, that are that have violent intent and so um, it was uh, confusing for people um, to hear from me uh, for uh, over a year to basically say um, this is not what is being presented uh, in, in the narrative. this is being called a medical issue. Uh, this is uh, the focus on all of this is on um, the virus where you can detach uh, the spike protein from the virus uh, and just look at the spike protein um, and its genomic sequence and then research that was done using uh you know fabricating actually making making the spike protein in labs and then using that spike protein in experiments to see what it did uh, showed that it, the spike protein was the issue and around that time you know, i have to check the timeline but just in terms of the impending um, uh, vaccination program that was becoming you know more and more obvious that um, uh, really there was uh, nobody that was uh, being you know, given the space to be left out of this vaccine program the idea of taking a biological weapon and uh, forcing people around the world, including here in the U.S., uh, to insert a biological weapon uh, disguised as some form of medical treatment was so abhorrent to me that, of course, I had to document it. Documented, um, and I sent that letter to uh, one particular um, part of the FBI that uh, my my work falls into which is the behavioral analysis unit and i also sp- uh, sent it to director um allway, who's the director of the mass uh uh, um, uh director of the mass uh, uh, weapons uh, um uh, program um and so when i sent it over to uh, dr allway um really that was uh, within the wheelhouse um uh, but and uh, you know even today um, people are reluctant to, um, talk with certainty, um, that this is a biological weapon where all the science points to the fact that this is not only a biological weapon, but a, um, what I call a military grade. So in other words, this is not someone cooking this up in, in their kitchen in some sort of uh, breaking bad episode. Um, this is scalable. Um, this is methodical. This is the world's top science. Um, and it's an cumulative project that uh, goes back to, um, uh, really uh, pre world world war 2 um is some components of it, of this that are even uh, from previous wars like world war 1 and and what we're seeing is sort of the technological advancement of this all coming together and then this biological weapon being ready to be deployed um uh, and it was deployed in 2019 um and um you know that's that that's where we are today and so that's why I I uh, made sure that I emailed and sent that document
0: so the original COVID-19 infections that people had seemed to be uh, military-grade bioweapon, and then the actual vaccines and the treatments for it turned people into spike protein factories themselves, and so they were doing exactly to themselves what you had feared uh, was the cause of the main, main symptoms and problems that people had. Is that, is that an accurate description?
2: Yeah, and the basics of using biological weapons. I mean, historically, biological weapons have been used in most major wars, including here in the U.S. Smallpox was used against first-tribe people. Um, you know, people like to deny that, but there's documents that go back and forward in terms of those that wanted to use the smallpox and then getting permission, and that permission, you know, slip being signed off and saying, well, good luck and be careful, because, of course, the risk of using a biological weapon prior to, the you know, the use of genetically loaded bioweapons is, you know, what are you going to do about about the people you don't want to target and so uh, bioweapons in itself um um uh are difficult to deploy um, without, as I said, casualties um, to what you would call friendly. Um, and then the other thing with a biological weapon um, is uh deployment in terms of okay, so how are you going to get this out there? So you know, traditionally things like nerve gas are using an aerosolized form. Sometimes things are built in a binary way, so you have to combine two substances. Um, this bioweapons program is actually like sort of the Pinnacle of all we- weaponry work, it really is. Uh, when you start looking at the structures of this as a biological weapon, is it sort of like reminds me of a multi utility tool, whether it's a Gerber or a Leatherman um, that somebody might have with them. There's multiple uh, tools on that thing, and of course, in this case, they're multiple tools of destruction. I think part of the um, the issue here is the choice of words. You know, words matter, and we've had a corrosion of words. Ch- of words, definitions, the way that, uh, people are allowed to use language, uh, in itself has been weaponized. So when we talk about an infection, uh, uh with, with SARS-CoV-2, um, you know, I don't know that I'll ever, um you know, people will circle back to me ever in the history of the world and go, oh, you know, thank you so much for using the correct words all along the way uh, and trying to help us correct our word choice. And that would have affected our treatment programs. But for example, you, there's no way I'd ever use the word infection for SARS-CoV-2. Uh, SARS-CoV-2, the closest match is an envenomation um, simply because one of the primary tools and the one that certainly shows up first um, is the use of venom. Um, there are what are known as homologues, which are Mirrored copies. Of two, the genomic sequence of two venoms, the closest match being the cobra snake and the crate snake. And even then, I think, you know, what confuses people is um, sort of they're unaware of uh, the technological advancements when it comes to making uh, proteins and uh, short chain pro- uh, proteins are called peptides. And so the idea of it even being snake, it's not a snake venom, it's, it's much more primitive than that. Um, you know, certain snee snakes, sea snakes, for example, have both the cobra crate. Uh, Cobra and crate venom uh, within their venom sequence. And then you have to push even further back and you will find that venom sequence in um, uh, cone snails, uh which are um are by far probably the closest match to how this thing is working in terms of its interaction interaction with things like insulin and what it does to um uh, the ability to use glucose as a resource and so th- it's not an infection infections might come later that's what happens with our body when you um you know you cut yourself uh, and there's trauma and through that trauma other microbes start of you know, uh, living in that space because the, the the climate the the terrain is great for them to be able to thrive. So infections follow some form of um, of. of- of trauma to the body. And so in this case, the infections are following, uh, from two main parts to this bioweapon. One is that it does create micro, tra- micro trauma, um, because of its ability to coagulate and, um, uh, as a coagulant and an anticoagulant built into it. So you can imagine how confusing that is for the body. You know, it's like calling over your plumber and your plumber, uh, you know, is it blocked or is it exploding at the same time? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, you, 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 it's, essentially you've got the the issue of of um trying to stop the bleed and cause bleeding you know at the same time which is extremely problematic for the body and it cycles through this back and forward and of course there in itself uh, what 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 fascinated me from the beginning as somebody who um, teaches people not to focus on weapons and focus on the predator is there are certain times that it's very important to know, okay, what this predator's choice, this range of weapons right. that this predator has uh, to use. What 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 are they going to use? What is it going to do? And so, how do you counteract it? But you should never believe that they only that they don't have a backup plan, right? I mean, uh, you know, one of the things investigators will often do is if they're listening to somebody who's you know who's um, just committed a murder, if that person mentioned that they had a backup weapon with them, you know, they're really showing a high level of intent. You know, uh, it gets difficult to prove self-defense, for example. It gets difficult to say to somebody, yeah, I shot him, and then I also stabbed him. Oh, you definitely wanted to make sure this person was dead. I mean, you're telling me, and in in a similar way, this weapon is built in that way. And then, you know, just to go back to what you were saying about, you know, sort of my shock and horror of knowing, oh, here's this bioweapon. Numerous people are saying it's a bioweapon. Um, I was the lone voice and I still am, you know, the, I would say amongst a few people in my industry, um, that are willing to talk about this from a, an attack from a bioweapon standpoint this has mostly been sort of owned the space has been owned by medical folks and it's not a medical issue i mean that that's part of why we have not been able to solve this part of why we haven't been able to prosecute yet it still very much sits at your doctor's office and with medical researchers and talking about viruses and um that that that, that that's that that's kind of ridiculous in terms of the fact of how mismatched uh the solutions are to the problem at hand um, and then the. Well,
0: I just the, want to stop you right there the, because right, yeah. I, I want to, to focus on what you said about this is not an infection uh, because that would be looking at it from the perspective of a virus. And you're saying that uh, this could be venom we're talking here, envenomation. So it's, it would be a different type of weapon. And, uh, and so the question is how would this venom get into people's bodies originally? We know that secondarily it would be through the vaccines if those types of uh, peptides were used uh, in the vaccines and other treatments themselves. So I want to ask you about that, the origins, as soon as we get back. We're talking to Dr. Tao Braun. And so it's very interesting that you say that this is not an infection, this is envenomation. And so if that's the case, we know that a lot of people were envenomated from the vaccine, so that they call a vaccine. None of these words are correct. It's not a vaccine. It's, it's not an infection. It's not a pandemic necessarily. But Uh, Maybe you can tell us what are some of the different ways that people could have originally been envenomated before the vaccine was released? What are some of the different options that this bioweapon could have been deployed?
2: So if you have a look at uh, the evidence that we've got and the evidence that I'd like to see one day, one of which is that there are papers that go back to at least the 70s where they take things called lectins and they attach lectins to viruses. And um, it was particularly important for me to find uh, sort of the pathways in provable science that this was possible. And so lectins are what we call venom in plants, um, but the molecular structure is um, pretty, uh, you know, I, I would go as far as saying, that they are um, almost identical in terms of um, you know, sequences of toxins. And the closest match actually to, as a lectin, by the way, for those that are, you know, science buffs out there, the closest match uh, to the spike protein, if you're looking at it as a plant-based uh, uh, toxin, would be galactin-3. Um, and so, um, and uh, when I'm saying galactin with my accent, I'm saying gal- galact with the word lectin in it. Um, and so, the, um, the envenomation is interesting. Technically, um, venom experts only like to use the word venom instead of toxin or poison if the uh, predator has, um, Um, envenomated using, you know, by biting in or or sticking or using a harpoon uh, um, like the cone snails do or, you know, using fangs, using a stinger. um, And they only like to go from the word toxin um, or poison to venom if there has been, uh, if the poison has been injected. So technically there one way that you could get this out there um, is a as contag- a contagious uh, virus uh, certainly um, the technology exists for that, and uh, those there's a lot of people that said that's what we're dealing with is a virus that's highly contagious it spreads between people um, but what is confusing for me and still is confusing is that uh, there is no explanation for for anybody that this never um, Caused any of the things that, uh, that you'd normally see with contagious viruses. Nobody ever really heard anybody coughing, um, uh, you know, in the way that other, um, flus and coughs create, uh, you know, sprayable forms of pathogens. Um, this was not a disease that caused, you know, um, high levels of the type of mucus where people are blowing their nose, you know, with, uh, you know, who to be gross, but with, you know, uh wet fingers and and touching things and so um what what is much more plausible um is using this in the way that bioweapons are used in some form of spray aerosolized form attacks on subways um if wuhan uh certainly the word you know looking at that choice of words to as throw people red herrings and distract people with changing definitions like the cdc does i mean when a major um you know agency in the world that re- that has the representation of being the top um uh you know structure it gets to just redefine the word vaccine you know in 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 a world where things matter where, where there's legal terms where people had to go and fight for you know in court if this was never allowed to be called a vaccine for example then there can't be vaccine mandates and so when the cdc just you know just decides that they can change the name of a word um you know, then obviously, um, that becomes weaponized because it means that then people are um, caught within legal fights, uh, with, with a mismatched, uh, once again, a mismatched problem. Um, and so aerosolized, um, uh, I know Dr. Brian Artis had originally got this uh, work out there in a really profound way by saying, you know, this, um, is in the water. I think it might've been more, um, uh, sort of scientific to say it could be in the water, but I don't think it would have got the attention that it got because I certainly didn't get the attention um, uh, of, of, uh, of experts and colleagues and professionals that I've worked with for years. And so it really did need somebody to put it out there in some form of shock value. And then even if something needs to be dialed back or approved afterwards, do I believe it was in the water? Absolutely, because I know it's in sewage. Um, there are cases, uh, that documented cases where people got this, uh, poisoning or in, uh, envenomation, uh, from contact with sewage, um, whether they walked through it or some person actually, uh, there's a documented case where somebody, uh, became, uh, um, sick from, from, um, uh, somebody in an apartment, um, I think it was either above or below, um, where, you know, the, these particles, they ended up getting contact with these particles. They ended up getting sick. Yes, that was water. That was that was literally toilet water. You know, one of the things I did for my clients, and I have state level clients, is alert them to the issue um, of bathrooms, which I mean is just common sense. No matter how something's being deployed, I immediately knew that this was going to be shed from the body, uh, the same way as the you know people deny that the vaccine. Uh, Vaccine creates shedding. Of course, it creates shedding. Your body gets rid of glycoproteins all the time. And so it would come out of uh, all your bodily secretions. And so people are being contaminated by those that have chosen uh, or being forced to take a biological weapon. Like you said, the body becomes an mRNA factory. Um, I'm very cautious with my own words. The hypothesis, my current working hypothesis, um, is that this the reservoir for the spike protein um, is the bone marrow um, I'm looking at the pathway of, of how that leaves the pancreas and its beta cells um, which are a type of stem cell and then gets uh, become, becomes part of the immune system um, it's not it, it wouldn't be a first um, and it's certainly not a theory that that's possible HIV hijacks the lymphatic system and then becomes um, an immune issue. Um, the, the, you know, I, I talk in the terms that people that I am most comfortable with with my with my work in preventing violence. This is the equivalent of somebody putting a bomb on the fire truck or an ambulance that is going towards a, 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 a critic, an incident already. You know, sort of um, wanting more carnage and more casualties. And so, um, by being able to um, hijack the immune system, it mean, it means when the immune system is actually responding to a perceived threat then what when it's sending out um uh, all the various things that it does as part of the immune system it's actually deploying uh the bomb it's deploying uh those the um um the issue um of then going to site with this metallo uh, metalloprotein um as part of um the you know not knowing that that's going to arrive on scene and and literally the sort of um uh, work is, is 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 profoundly um Similar, uh, wh- when, you, when you look at weaponry, you know, one of the things that, that I'd say that is very important for people to understand is um, the major issue with envenomations is that you're dealing with metalloproteins. A, me- a metal um, uh, attached uh, to a protein um, literally becomes uh, uh, similar to, to the same ideas of, of uh, understanding how bombs would work, uh, shrapnel. Um, you know, um, you know, having one substance um, that is uh, the ability for the other substance to be transported and then exploded. Once you get into that terrain on a molecular level, um, it gets very challenging for people unless they compare it to things that they that are much more scalable. I hope that answers your question. I told you I'm a long winded guy. Uh, some yeah, people want yes/no answers it, for me, but it's complicated. Some- stuff.
0: There are some people who have the technical uh, capacity to, to digest that. I'm not one of them, but I- I'm going to get right to brass tacks for the people who are not technical out there who just want to know what are some of the things that people can do uh, to protect themselves from this type of envenomation or once they've already been envenomated to, to treat it. I'm not, I don't want to put any liability on you. So just on a hypothetical basis, uh, what would a person do to prevent and treat venomation of this kind in, in your non-professional opinion that just to try to to, to well, make it general uh, here what are some basics
2: just what I'm going to do is I I don't I don't operate from a place of fear and I know that I can go to any court in the world uh and if somebody wanted to say that I overstepped my bounds I would say no there's good Samaritan laws and I'm also uh, was uh trained as an EMT and um and act as a first responder uh with the work that I do and so part of it is I do not get to leave scene until somebody is above my level of expertise arrives to relieve me of my post, which is why I'm working around the clock on this. And I own this space. Um, you know, there's, let, let me say, in terms of the professional liability, any doctor that's been treating this has much more liability than me. Any doctor should be terrified that they've actually been vaccinating people with a biological weapon that I don't care whether they got tricked or not. Once you know that there's the possibility of being tricked, you get to ask questions before you take somebody's child and damage them forever. So I'm not sitting with the liability issue. And in fact, if somebody wants to drag me into court, uh, which is what the Russians are doing with this, um, it needs to go to court. Somebody needs to step up and say, you know, this is how this works. Let me draw this out for you. Let me give you the real science, uh, judge, so that you can understand that you've been tricked too. That's fine. So as far as as my reaction is that the – Uh, the things that people can do is one, they should start studying uh, what what people do for envenomations. And some of it is stuff people already do. So for example, um, antihistamines are the go-to place for most low grade venoms um, because it creates a histamine response. You can pretty much switch off Omicron, which is very different by the way, from uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2. I know Dr. McCullough likes to call it a sort of the uh, crazy uncle or the weird uncle um, in a family. So you've got a coronavirus, and then you've got this other coronavirus let's be clear they are not the same at all and they have a very very different disease profile of what they do um But Omicron, like most coronaviruses, um, uh, act in a way that they will cause an allergic reaction in the body. So the first thing people need to be aware of is until they started vaccinating people, very few people were actually allergic to SARS-CoV-2. It was never going to be a deployable mechanism in that way. And for every vaccine, somebody becomes more allergic to it. So one thing, stay away from what they call these things vaccines. They are certainly not vaccines. They are um, a form of... uh, uh, gene manipulation. Um, and they are, um, a highly, um, uh, pathological, um, um, what's known as an uh, uh, an antigen with a high level um, of, of uh, the ability to create pathology. And so of course you would have antibodies mount against it um, because any foreign object in the body is going to mount antibodies. So it should tell people when they brag about the amount of antibodies, um, okay, well then they've just shoved a whole bunch of uh, very toxic substance and then the body is, has to learn how to respond to it. The problem with learning how to respond to a glycoprotein is that you're literally trained the body to respond to other sugar proteins and so essentially the bigger Problem that people are going to face that are vaccinated is they're going to become more and more allergic to other substances, and the big one is they'll become allergic to food. Um, and then once people are trying to find pure foods, uh, for example, you know, um, red meat is not um, is not a very high level glycoprotein. Um, uh, it's higher in um, in let's say in cows that are you know fed loads of corn to fatten them up. You're going to have a little bit more sugar um, in those meats. Uh, then, you know, uh, bison or a grass fed cow. However, it's certainly not, uh, um, uh, you know, a Twinkie, it's certainly not um, the idea of taking a glycoprotein, what people are going to become allergic to, um, and and ultimately die from in terms of autoimmune issues are fake meats. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to be able to report on that as a form of vegan, who literally had to drop my form of veganism because it was starting to kill me. And certainly, when I when um, this uh, biological weapon passed through me um, in fall of 2019, uh, one of the things I had to do immediately is become an obligate carnivore to survive this uh, the onslaught. I am in a genetic risk uh, uh, to to this. I think people that uh, want to understand that genetic risk and how to spot it. Um, I think you can see I'm pretty much Neanderthal. Um, This hits chromosome three, which is part of the Neanderthal sequence, and it's very, very um, cruel uh, as another form where there has been a war waged um, on uh, the Neanderthal species, those that are amongst us that care about animals, that are sentient, high levels of empathy. This is what the modern day human psychopath has been trying to eliminate uh, throughout history and pretty much World War II was about it. Um, There are so many Nazi ties to the use of this biological weapon that it doesn't surprise me that it's not the same targeted folks. Um, And then, you know, very much on, on a practical step, because I'm sure we're running out of time, is that you need to abuse your immune system. Um, the reason that children weren't as vulnerable to this is that they have a very robust, what's called a thymus gland. It's the brain um, of the immune system. People can take thymic um, uh, uh, thymic uh, support uh, in terms of supplements. Um, the most important vitamins for this, um, and vitamins are used in, uh, by the medical industry to make them sound like nothing and that they're not that important. For example, we talk about vitamin D. Well, vitamin D is a hormone. So take the hormone called vitamin D, because you need all four of the fat soluble vita- uh, vitamins, A, D, E, and K2, are about the most important, uh, uh, what we'd call vitamins as the building blocks to survive an envenomation. Um, uh, they are uh, very important to this is the work that I've been doing on copper and zinc. Um, this is essentially an envenomation, is a sped up aging process. And so what you're dealing with is oxidative stress And for those uh, non-scientists or those that uh, say, well, you just lost me with that fancy word, it's just corrosion – and literally the iron is exploding out of the red blood cells, and then it mixes with water, and you're creating rust. And so that whole process needs an anti-corrosive. We don't call them anti-corrosives in biology, and when it comes to uh, living systems, we call them antioxidants. And so antioxidants are are crucial, and there are a form of antioxidants that are called, you know, fit into a category of protecting the body from oxides, and those are the most important one is something called SOD one, SOD one um, and that is copper, zinc combined with sulfur. And so all three of those um, are important in your food or to take as supplements. Um, I worked on a substance called copperine, uh, which is a combined copper, zinc, sulfur um, inhalable mist. Um, as a solution towards this. I also sourced an antioxidant called anacardic. Um, it's uh, it's weird because they call it anacardic acid when it's an oil. Once again, sort of words matter. And as an oil, um, it is um, uh, very, very powerful as an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory and has anti-cancer properties. Um, however, Um, I never want my solutions or the things that I brought to myself or my family or uh, those that that somehow found me to be the only solutions because it's not ethical. And so all of these big categories and these big words is that uh, another powerful antioxidant, for example, comes from red wine, um, resveratrol. And vitamin C is an incredible antioxidant and a great preventative antioxidant, but absolutely falls apart in acid in an acidic pH. Um, and so you need robust antioxidants, and resveratrol and anti uh, and um, acid are, are, are robust. And sod one working as an antioxidant is a very, very powerful uh, antioxidant. That's, and a, then last that's day, a big list of ahead.
0: things to, to look into. I, I know <laughs> we're running out of time. Maybe people can follow up on your website. And I'm wondering if you're collaborating with any other professionals, because this seems like more, this is just such a huge mission for one person to take on, to put together all the puzzle pieces. Are, are you collaborating with anyone and where can people go to learn more about your work?
2: Well, it's a a great and and, and somewhat uh, good question to be asked because I I collaborate in a way that um, my work is, is mostly used by the people that I serve. Um, I I am finding it more more and more difficult to truly find professionals that are willing to have an open mind. Uh, what was very interesting about sort of the people that have been the right side of history on this is that they shied away, for example, of even using the word venom. And then behind closed doors, and certainly not to me, to others, it was said, "Look, we're already perceived as hokey. You know, we're we are already fringe. We didn't want to go extra fringe. Well, really, well, you you got deplatformed anyway." So you're either going to stick to the truth or you're not going to stick to the truth. And so I don't I'm sort of like to work in a in a way where I don't have to please anybody uh, except for the public and the people that I serve. And in this case, my predominant my work is going to be for long haulers uh, and for uh, those that are vaccine injured. Um, Most of the vaccine injured that are turning for help are those that were forced, those that are still happy and those that are still, you know, lining up for their boosters. I'm sorry to say there's just nothing we can do for them. They are not going to get to these solutions fast enough. I don't want to sugarcoat this. What the world is going to be dealing with uh, uh, very shortly is mass starvation and a death toll that is um, most people just absolutely one do not want to even imagine it and two couldn't ever fathom that this is even uh, possible and so part of it is um, is working with people that want to work with me I can be found um, either on the website that you've given out or even easier than that is people that can uh, that can find me at Um and people email me all the time and those that want to find me find me. And I want to thank those that have reached out to me by sending me documents that have explained yeah. things to me. It is vital. That's, we that's absolutely awesome that work people can team.
0: connect with you so easily nowadays. Uh, just go directly to your website and they can access your information and contact you. Thank you so much for sharing your information today. We have run out of time, but God bless you in the work that you are doing, sir. Thank you, thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com. We are America's Patriot Only Network. I know we talk about a lot of heavy stuff, Uh, but we're knowledge is power the more that we learn the more we can uh, combat this ignorance with knowledge the light of knowledge and love that's the answer and uh, you know so things don't get too heavy we like to leave you with a high note i'm going to leave you with a very interesting video at the end of this show thank you for watching and god bless all you patriots good night and good luck
2: Need a sentimental man, a woman to pump me up Feeling fussy, walking in my Balenciennes Trying to bring out the fabulous cause I give-